Why niggas? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Niggas is a brand. Allen Houston. Niggas just mean Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, guys? You are listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo and Faiz. Sid is not here with us today. He is a little busy with the Kentucky Derby. I mean, it's really big over there, so I'm sure he's hyped and a little occupied right now, but shout out to him. He'll be with us on the next episode. Uh, make sure you check out our website, nick-ish.com. We are selling all of our products, all of our apparel at 25% discount. And because the Knicks are in the second round of the playoffs for the first time in a decade, we are happy to gift every person who bought who cops nickish uh, a pin a nickish pin exclusive for a limited time only every order comes with a free nickish pin so copy yours today um use what the fight is i is with us he got a promo code again additional 10 percent discount what is spelled w-h-u-t the f-a-i-z get an additional 10 percent discount copy yours today again nick-ish.com now bringing in my boy what's going on bro it's a parade inside my city, yeah. yo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been it's been hype, man. I I can't like I, I didn't you know it was I really wanted to see it, it go to a game six so there could be a legit parade in our city. But you know I'll take the game five. I'll take a gentleman's sweep, man. I I gotta watch that game with my brother and a few of my friends who kind of like put me onto the Knicks when I started watching maybe like 12, 15 years ago and. It was just a cathartic feeling, man, because I was with them when we made it to the second round last time. But it feels like a tale of two cities where, like, last time we're going into the Pacers series not with a lot of confidence, feeling a little nervous. But this time around, man, look at your New York Knicks, man. Like, the whole storyline around them, the whole energy, the vibe around them, and the way they close out that game, there's got to be a parade in every single block in New York City right now, man. I'm feeling good. And shout out to you, Mo. Let me use my promo code. Sid, you're not getting no street cred on this. This is my <laughs> promo code today. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I it's it's crazy. It's a it's a fucking vibe in New York right now. And um, you talk back to that series from 10 years ago. God damn, like you think back to where we were. I mean, we were supposed to sweep the Celtics. That was the we're all black to the game kind of oh. bullshit that <sighs> that happened. And we it felt like we survived it by winning it in six. And this time we're coming in with the momentum, having beaten the favorite of that series, you know, favor from people who don't really watch Knicks basketball, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And just just that feeling. And, uh, you know, I actually had game six tickets. I lost some money because of the processing fees. Fuck Ticketmaster. They are a scam. Um, but, you know, they don't they don't refund ticket processing fees, but it's all good. Um, you are going to game one right tomorrow night. I couldn't be happier, man. Like. I actually was like contemplating going to that game six game and uh, buying tickets for that. But, you know, it worked out. Everything worked out. I ended up buying round two game one tickets. And when I bought those round two game one tickets, like, yeah, Miami was still leading the Bucks, But I thought those tickets would be for a game three against the Bucks instead of a game one home court advantage, man. Like, I'm, I'm still in shock. Like, I feel like every time I think about it, 
my whole body just gets rushed with this. It's like a, a out of body experience, and I'm ready for that out of body experience tomorrow, man. Like I can't, I can't imagine what the city's gonna look like. And low key, I'm excited for a 1 p.m. game. Like I know a lot of people don't like that, but I feel like the city's gonna be like popping, like getting ready for that game. My friends talking about a pregame and stuff. Like I'm there, man. I'm up. I'm ready to go. I don't think I'll be able to sleep tonight. Like. <laughs> It's Sunday, so it's brunch time. You gotta get those mimosas up there. That's that's how you pregame tomorrow. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, the, these playoffs here is gonna be crazy. Uh, I'm going to game two. So if you guys are listening and you're gonna go to any of the first two games, let us know. Fies will be there game one. I'll be there game two, and uh, we could we could all link up, man. We're happy to Nickish meet up. Repping, Nickish repping, you know. Anyone who's repping Nickish, that's right. So the Knicks and the Heat, uh, storied. Uh, rivalry, you know, going back to the 90s, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this kind of has an idea of the of the history between the two teams. And you kind of think about the fact that we're in this position. I, I think a couple of months back, no one would have figured that the Knicks and the Heat would be in round two of the playoffs. And, you know, just a story for each team in the past year or two is is crazy. Just think think about the Heat for a moment. Last season, they were, they were the eighth seed this season. Last year, they were the first seed. And they they were eliminated from the playoffs in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals to the Boston Celtics. And this year they were not performing at that level. Uh, they were one of the worst three point shooting teams in the NBA. And they actually lost their first playing game against the Hawks. That was only a couple of weeks ago. A lot has happened since then, and they completely turned around the team. And uh, they're also a quarter away from elimination in that game against the Bulls. The Bulls were leading after three quarters. Jimmy did his thing, and they were. You know, they locked in for the playoffs for and the first matchup was against the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, Giannis didn't play for two games, but the two games that he did play in, they won those games. So we can't even use that really as a factor. Uh, so they were the sixth, eighth seed team to ever beat a first seed team in NBA history. Like that's that's nothing to to scoff at or anything like that. Like the Heat are legit uh, and they are a force to be reckoned with in these playoffs. By the way, speaking on historic, like your New York Knicks, 1999, were one of those six teams being a eight seed, knocking out the Heat, the first seed Heat, and making it all the way to the finals. Unfortunately, they did not win, but that was the last time the Knicks made a, a finals run, and it's so it's crazy to see it come come to fruition again here in this situation. Yeah. And then when you talk about the Knicks, I mean, last season, the Knicks were 11th, didn't make the playoffs, and they turned it all around when they signed their star point guard in the heist of the 21st century to a contract. And he, alongside Julius Randle, led the team to a fifth-seed playoff berth and just a few days ago completed, like you mentioned, a gentleman's sweep against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And now they're riding into this game with momentum. Again, both teams 4-1 and one, uh, to probably the favorite of those series, their, their respective series. And now they're coming into this. And I feel like this is as even of a matchup. I personally am more concerned about the heat than I would have been if it were the 76ers, you know, with, with the way Joel, Joel Embiid is playing. I mean, he's, he's injured. Out for uh, game one. Yeah. And um, with Butler, I mean, he's probably my favorite player who doesn't wear a Knicks Jersey. And it's only because of how he performs in the playoffs. I love him. And it's, it's, it's concerning to be on the other side of the table this time. But that being said, I'm I'm hyped for, for our Knicks to, to go toe-to-toe. I think we got the pieces for it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Jimmy Butler, a phenomenal player. And to your point, I think he's probably the best player in the playoffs thus far, like in this year. And he's been performing at a high level. And 
to be honest, carrying the back on his team because you're seeing like the first few games, the rest of the team didn't really have it. And now they're like getting, you know, revitalized around this, around Jimmy Butler. And, you know, we're talking about stories and whatnot. Our coach knows a little thing or two about this guy, Jimmy Butler. And that's a huge narrative and storyline going into this series. Tom Thibodeau versus Jimmy Butler. Now, you know, they're, they're obviously going to make those comments saying, you know, Jimmy Butler coming out and saying, oh, it's not about me versus Tom Thibodeau. It's about the Heat versus the Knicks, which it should be about. But as fans of the games, as students of the games, like you can't watch everything up to here and not consider that a factor in this series, man. It's it's going to be it's going to be popping in the garden. It's going to be popping even down in South Beach, man. And, you know, MSG South a little bit. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it's crazy because, again, this season we were – at least I was extra harsh on Tibbs, and I couldn't feel better about Tibbs being the coach when we're going against when we're going against uh, Jimmy Butler here. And it's crazy how the world turns, and we're at this point right now. And uh, I, I'm hyped because I already know that since the the moment that he clinched, we already know Tibbs opened up his notebook or whatever he uses and was fucking writing note after note after note on how to lock down Jimmy Butler. And we know he can do it because he did the same thing for Donovan Mitchell, locked him up force every other player to contribute. They could not do it, and that's why the Cavs lost, and Don Mitchell was not effective. We have to do everything we can with Jimmy Butler, and it's going to be a tough challenge. I mean, this dude scored 37 points per game on 60% shooting in those five games against the Bucks, who is an, an excellent defensive team. Against guys like Giannis, two-time defensive player, a guy like Drew Holiday, who, you know, recent athletic report comes out with a player's poll. Uh, players all decided that Drew Holiday is probably the best defender in the NBA. And, you know, overall, like the, the Bucks just have a great defensive scheme as well. And Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra, you know, these guys, they they were able to manipulate it and, and find a way to win. So I, I hope Knicks fans, I know we're, we're riding off the high of the last series and, you know, making it out of the first round, which was basically the expectation and the, the goalpost for this season. But now... Don't don't take this next challenge lightly. It's it's gonna be a tough one. Uh, the, the eight seed doesn't doesn't make it out that first round. You know, just just for shits and giggles. They're they're a good team, and I feel like the Miami Heat are an underrated team because of what Mo Mo highlighted earlier in terms of you know a lot of uh, regular se- season fizzling and whatnot. But also remember the Heat did this without Tyler Hero. Like they played this entire series basically without Tyler Hero and. Uh, that's going to be a key storyline coming into the series. Tyler Hero being out, but man, shout out, shout out the Heat, man. I, I'm not trying to shout them out in terms of uh, my happiness to them, but just got to tip your hat to respect. And I hope this series can really re- respect. You got to learn how to respect your opponent, man. The, the, overall, this this Eastern semis, I feel like it's it's out of a storybook. Like you got Celtics and uh, Celtics and Sixers on one side, which is clearly a Northeast rivalry, and now you have Knicks on Heat on the other side. I feel like no matter what, who comes out of this, this is this is going to be a, a, a playoffs for for the books. Everyone's been talking and buzzing about how interesting this first round was, and I'm also just glad that the Knicks aren't still in this dogfight. We're seeing the Warriors and Kings, you know, taking it all the way to Game Seven. I'm glad that the the Knicks are able to get their rest. And you're talking about Tom Thibodeau, uh, you know, game planning for for uh, the Heat as soon as the, the the last game was over. Man, a guy like Tom Thibodeau, I feel like he's been prepping from a game or two before because he's crazy like that, man. I'm sure he had Bucks and Heat different, like, game plan books for them. And then as soon as he saw the Heat are leading towards the way, started focusing on the Heat, man. So I, <laughs> I'm glad to have that guy in our corner in this situation. It's, it's going to be a fun one. 
Fuck yeah, you're probably right. He definitely had notebooks ready for you. His handy dandy notebooks for each one. He tossed the it's like um, away and yep. It's like Batman. He has like a contingency plan for every if in case every Justice League hero goes rogue or whatnot. Tom Thibodeau definitely got a playbook and plan for every superstar in the league, man. And he was showing it, like you said, locking up Donovan Mitchell. And you know, to toot my own horn and toot my brother's horn, we were talking about that uh in the last game. We were talking about how we're gonna see a, maybe a poor performance from Donovan Mitchell in elimination games because that's what he's been to. Now he did have the points for it, but very inefficient shooting and like we said, you want him to shoot the three ball, and he shot the three ball, and the Knicks, the Knicks were able to benefit out of it. It's it's awesome to see those storylines come come to fruition and come to real life, man. I'm, I I know at the end of every sentence I say I'm excited. It's so fun, but I can't put it into words. I wish I was like, <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's hard to live in the present and not think about that past history and what this could end up being. But let's let's take a quick moment and cover you know, what the high points were for each team in that first round. So let's let's start off with the with the Heat real quick. Anything that stood out to you in that first round against the Bucks that you're kind of weary of going forward, especially, you know, with game one being tomorrow? I would say uh, the three-point shooting has to be one of the things that we're most concerned about because, in general, I don't really perceive the Knicks to be a great three-point uh, defensive team like they're, they're not really great at defending the three-point we've seen that they give up a lot of threes and uh, that's part of their game plan we see them do it to teams like the Celtics and whatnot uh, in the regular season and the Heat of course were scorching hot from the three but I don't know if guys like Duncan Robinson you know Caleb Martin Max Struess if they're continuing to shoot the three the way they have been it's definitely a level of concern for the Knicks. And I know a lot of guys who don't watch the NBA regularly are thinking, who are these names? Caleb Martin, Max Struess, why are you even worried about them? Man, the Heat, Eric Spolstra, the Heat culture, this is what they do. What they do is find these no-name players, Gabe Vincent, and find ways to make them effective and make them great role players around strong guys like Jimmy Butler and Bam, who are people you can build your, your team around. That's that's what I'm looking at, the three-point shooting, and hopefully the Knicks, the Knicks can game plan for that. Yeah. What about I mean, you, Mo? What are, what are you looking at? Definitely, like you mentioned, the three-point shooting. They led the entire league for the, that first round of the playoffs, at least for 45%. That's what they're averaging, 45% from the three without Tyler Hero for most of that. But they were at the bottom of the league in the entire regular season in three-point shooting. So... Once those playoffs hit, man, the, these guys changed gears and they're, you know, credit to them. They were able to light it up. I mean, Duncan Robinson is one of the jokes of the NBA because he got that monster contract. And then since then has has hardly played because he can't keep up with it. He's just a one. He's just a specialist, a three point specialist. But with Tyler Hero out, you need that um, to to keep up. So that three point shooting, um, that's that was a big reason why they beat the Bucks. Obviously, Jimmy Butler playing out of his mind he's got that mamba mentality one of the few players in the nba who has to put himself in a different zone to to outperform everybody else and outwork everyone else and he's he's a psychopath and i fucking love it and Man, real uh, quick you saw the entire heat locker room celebrating that that first round win which as they should i, I you know you should be celebrating that jimmy butler in the corner just drinking water very mm-hmm. calmly. That's a very scary image for Knicks fans. This guy is locked in right now, man. Ooh. He went at Drew Holiday's face. And like you said, this is the guy who is known to be one of the best defenders. He will be all NBA, you know, d- defensive first team. team. First team. I should be he first said, team. I own you. 
right up to his face. I own you. And then he drilled it. And then he kept scoring and scoring. Bro, and they were OT down. They were down him. six in the yeah. fourth when he said that to them. Like it's what Michael Jordan says. A lot of players can talk that shit when you're up. Talking while you're down or when the game starts, man, Jimmy Butler really, as you said, mama mentality, got that He's dog in different. him. Like, oh. He's different. And I, I, th- I feel like the listeners might be surprised that we're talking and hyping up Jimmy Butler this much. <laughs> but this man is a force to be reckoned with because, God damn. But no, you got to respect Butler your aside. opponent. You got to respect your opponent, yeah. man. Like- and Jimmy Butler aside, Bam Adebayo ended that last game with a triple-double. He's a he's a power forward slash center with a triple-double. Does not really shoot the three-pointer like that. But they're... They you they utilized him a lot as a ball handler, and that was something that that messed up the defense with with the Bucks. And um, you know they utilized their strategy. Spolster as a master when it comes to strategizing and adjusting, and that's why he's won as many titles as he had. He's probably the second most tenured coach in the NBA right now after Pop. I I think I might be wrong, but I mean. No, that there's there's so many reasons we could point to on why they they beat the Bucks and uh, they were the underdog here and they won their end. Let's cover the Knicks real quick. Um, big reasons why the Knicks beat the Cavs. We we highlighted in our last episode. Uh, we'll take a quick moment just to just to highlight for everyone here. Offensive rebounding, man, like that's that's what you got to focus on. And uh, we highlighted it in the last game, but we couldn't even talk about specifically the the, the game clinching you know, round clinching game, game five, where Mitchell Robinson outperformed both Cavs centers or big men, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, making them look like kids, like literally eating their lunch money in front of them, you know, taking everything in front of them. And what, what, what he had like, I think 11 offensive rebounds. I think he had more offensive rebounds than he had defensive rebounds. Like you don't see that in a player often. And it's like that kind of old school basketball. And I, I'm liking this resurgence of the big man and the focus on rebounding. Cause I feel like a lot of NBA fans really look at rebounding as more of like a, a um, how do I explain it? Like a, a motor thing like if you really want to grab a rebound you'll just grab it but there's so much more to it and we saw that improvement of Mitchell Robinson over the years technique boxing out you know positioning yourselves and we even saw Eric Spolscher credit Josh Hart as one of those guys who knows like you know one of the best wing rebounders I think the best guard rebounder in in the NBA uh he had his Josh Hart had his career high in rebounding against the Knicks, and that has to be one of the reasons that the Knicks front office decided to acquire him. But you, you got to focus on that offensive rebounding. And just as we're talking about it, you know, the Heat know about it. So I hope uh, Tom Thibodeau can find more ways to get these guys in positions to continue that offensive rebounding because that's the Knicks' bread and butter. It's been their bread and butter all season. And if uh, I, I don't want to see a situation where uh, the the Heat are neutralizing the the Knicks in terms of rebounding in general. And uh, and and they seem kind of in disarray uh, after their their the rebounding is taken away. Yeah, and um, and the Knicks are not a good three point shooting team. And Mitchell Robinson being that guy to clean up the mess time and time again has been so crucial. And even Hartenstein, he he definitely picked up a a a skill or two after watching Mitch, Mitchell Robinson doing his thing because he's gotten a lot better and. The Knicks, frankly, just out-hustle the Cavs at every moment possible. They got two big men, like you mentioned, Mobley and Jared Allen. They got Donovan Mitchell. They got all these guys who are all-stars and superstars, but we outworked and outperformed them, and that is not guaranteed against this Heat squad. And, exactly. You know, that's that's a big reason why we won. I mean, Jalen Brunson has excellent footwork, was able to, you know, cook player after player one-on-one, and uh, we're, you know, we utilize the, the guard-to-guard pick-and-roll 
and that was very effective, and that's what that's what got us a win. We locked down D- Donovan Mitchell, and the other players just weren't able to pick up the the slack. And gentlemen, sweep. That's that was what worked for the Knicks for that round. Yeah, I will also say like uh, a lot of the things that the the Knicks were doing to the Cavs, you could tell that they were just straight up bullying the other team. Certain points, I was watching the game and I genuinely felt bad for Cavs players because you could just see how <laughs> disheartened they were. They were just like out of the game. Like you could tell that they couldn't get their mental back in. Yeah, they had a few big buckets from Darius Garland who eventually ended up getting fouled out, but the Knicks were able to take advantage of them. I'm a little bit concerned about that with the heat, because when you have a guy like Jimmy Butler on the other side, the other team's not scared. Like the heat are not scared of what the Knicks can do to them in terms of bullying and and getting in their mental. This is a team that has built a mental fortitude. And I know like fans, like, Fans who are listening to this are just like, man, these guys are just raving about the heat, but it's it's the real honest truth. That's what heat culture is. Like they 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 always have this type of uh mentality and the way that they can um build these players up from the training camp and get them prepared for these mental situations. I'm hoping that Tom Thibodeau is looking at something like that and can trust their guys to to do the same. Exactly. Now going into game one, again, that game one is tomorrow, April 30th. Some of the key storylines that we should be looking out for before we really dive into what, what we what our predictions are and how we you know what we think the Knicks should do in preparation for the Heat. Uh, Randall, we don't know how much time he's missing. I think I saw somewhere today that Tibbs is hopeful that he might be ready for Game One, possibly Game Two. I'm not sure. I don't know if you've heard otherwise. Uh, him and Grimes have been let listed as questionable for Game One, which is better than doubtful. We did see in the last series Josh Hart get. Uh, listed as doubtful and then later bumped up to questionable and we know that these guys are here to play i mean julius randall was able to put weight on his foot at the end of that game we saw him walking around so you know hopefully that that leads to something good quinn grimes also not walking around with the arm sling anymore so yeah i think between the two grimes has a much better chance of playing game one which will be crucial because we need him to start and to guard jimmy butler and uh, on the Heat side, Tyler Hero is out for the entire playoffs. That's that is a that is a W for the Knicks. I mean, hopefully it gets better and all that. You don't want to root for injuries, but it is it is a benefit to the Knicks that Hero is out as much as we like to clown him. And playoff Jimmy Butler is a hundred percent a thing. Just look back to twenty twenty playoffs. Look looked at this season. Look to the play in tournament playoff. Jimmy Butler is for real. That is a thing. Watch out for him. Right, and Oladipo is also out, which is going to be a huge benefit for the Knicks yes. because we're seeing that uh, a lot of these secondary guys or tertiary guys like uh, Karis LeVert stepping up against the Knicks, and those are the types of guys that the Knicks are willing to give up shots to. So not having Victor Oladipo heat up in one of these games is going to be it's going to be beneficial for us for sure. Right now, you know, moving into the actual matchup between the Knicks and the Heat. What are a couple of things that you are looking out for um, and how you think the Knicks should respond when it comes to tactics? Zone, 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 man. Miami Heat's Heat's defense is all about that zone, and we've seen the Knicks struggle against that zone for the last two years. Maybe it doesn't translate to wins for Miami always, but it can really get into the heads of the Knicks players because uh, a lot of iso ball is what the Knicks rely on, and a lot of maybe like they are passing the ball a lot more. But when that iso play comes and there's a lot of zone, the Knicks get a little you know shuffled a bit. And if the three point shooting looks like what it did in the in in the first round, I'm not really confident about what Knicks the Knicks offense could look like against the zone now you specifically mentioned that Quinn Grimes might be able to come back in that game one and potentially even start I think that's 
the right idea. A lot of fans are kind of uh, kind of want Josh Hart to start and be the ones to be the one to uh, guard Butler. But we've seen Quinn Grimes be effective against uh, Butler in terms of defense. And if we're seeing a lot of zone, which Miami could play for even an entire game against the Knicks. I think that three-point shooting is going to be very key. And we've seen stats from uh, Quinn Grimes where he could really go off from the three in against Miami, specifically against Miami. So I, I'm with you in agreement where we need Quinn Grimes back. And I think my preference in that debate between Grimes and Hart in this playoff matchup would be for Grimes to start. Now, uh, let's see how his health is looking. And if, if the Knicks can find a way to get that three ball, you know, as Clyde would say, swish and addition, like it, it could be beneficial for us. Yeah, and that's the benefit of having a deep ass team. We if it's not Grimes, it'll be hard. If it's not hard, even RJ can can go toe toe with Jane Butler from from that standpoint. And we've seen it in previous years. And for that zone defense, I I, I agree a hundred percent. And if it's not a three point shot, we need to break down the zone. And for that, Randall might even be crucial. Let him let him drive in. RJ is extremely important for this. We've seen him finally the last three games in in the previous series drive in and take contact and get his foul shots up and, you know, make it at, you know, near, near the basket. And he's going to be crucial to break down the zone defense. And if he, if he's not penetrating, if he's having second guesses every, every time he has the ball, it's going to be a problem, but this is a good chance for RJ to shine, especially if Randall's not going to be there that first game or two. Yeah, Randall against Bam would be one of the the best things to have, and we saw how Randall played against the Heat all year. You know, being one of the the biggest shots of the year, where he got that three in Miami to win the game. Amazing weekend that weekend was so much fun. My boy Alvi got married that weekend. We saw the quickly have the forty point game against the Celtics in overtime. But that Randall shot, man, like I. That shot was one of the biggest moments for the Knicks all season. And I want to see this guy on the floor. I want to see Randall continue to play against the Heat. And I feel like this series, it's going to come down to a lot of heart and grit. And it's going to come down to a lot of those, you know, loose balls, you know, diving from the ball, that type of like old school basketball that we're known to see. And uh, hopefully they have Randall in this series to, to take advantage of someone like Bam. Yeah. And you, you already know they're going to dial in and zero in on Jalen Brunson. And this it's actually surprising. We haven't been talking about Brunson too much in this episode, but they, they're going to lock in on Brunson and Randall needs to be on the floor to be that secondary scorer. Once they're, once they're going on Brunson, if we have Randall on the floor, then pick your poison is what the Heat's going to have to figure out. And, uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about how they had their three-point shooting and Butler going off in that first series. It's kind of hard to expect them to be able to maintain that. I mean, they had to play at kind of historic levels. I mean, that literally and figuratively, I mean, Butler scored 56, 57 points in that one game, created history, top five or six ever scoring a playoff game. The chances of him being able to do that again is minimal. I might eat my words later, but I'd say it's minimal. The, them being able to shoot lights out again is minimal. We saw for 82 games they were they weren't really able to do it. They did it for four, for five games in the playoffs. It's it's hard to imagine them being able to keep it up at that level. Um, so I am optimistic that the Knicks defense should be able to adjust for that. And uh, Bam Adebayo and oh. Uh, Kevin Love actually is a player I want to talk about real quick because he is known as a rebound specialist. And you already know that 
with him on the floor, the goal is probably going to be to make sure Mitchell Robinson doesn't get all those rebounds. I mean, you got you got to you got to do your scouting report on Mitchell Robinson. He is arguably the MVP of that first round series. If it's not Brunson, it's Mitchell Robinson. And those second chance points, those offensive rebounds, the block shots, the defense, the cleanup, the you name it. And he's such a crucial player for our team success that they have to make sure that they're neutralizing him. And Kevin Love is going to be a key proponent for that. We have to do what we can to keep Kevin Love off the floor. And you do that by attacking him directly and make sure that Brunson gets him on offense. Any guard that's playing, get that double guard, pick and roll. ISO Kevin Love, get that motherfucker off the floor. So he's not taking rebounds away from Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, I mean, I I really hate that this pod has just become like a heat rave pod because I, I'm about to say kind of something similar where like listen, like Jalen Brunson, uh, it, it's fantastic that we got to see him getting trapped early in, in the round one. That's definitely a good test to see what Jalen Brunson could do in this upcoming round because we will see a little bit more of that. But I'm gonna remind fans the way the Cavs did not respect R.J. Barrett when Jalen Brunson was getting trapped and whatnot, we are not going to see that same from from the Heat. They're going to respect other players, and they're going to find ways to guard R.J. Barrett and whatnot. And, you know, to your point about Kevin Love, I think earlier this year against the the Cavs, Kevin Love specifically against the Knicks had eight three-pointers or something. Like, he's known to get hot from the three against the Knicks. So that's something they definitely should be game planning for. And it's kudos to you for respecting him as a as an offensive rebounder because we've known him since the Timberwolves to be one of those guys who can really grab boards and just is a board machine in general. I'll, so I'll never forget that 40-40 game. It had to be against the Knicks. Like, Kevin Love is known for this, so... It's good that we are able to see these things because I'm hoping the rest of the coaching staff can as well because very important and key things to highlight against against this Miami Heat team. Yeah, and one more point I want to make uh, on Randall. I think it's crucial for him to be there because he will put pressure on the reps to call fouls. And, you know, Jimmy Butler, the way he'll play, he himself will put pressure on the refs. If they start calling fouls for him, they have to do the same thing for us, ideally. Um, so if Randall's there, he's he's one of the league leaders in free throws attempted. So if he's there, we'll get more free throws and that'll slow the game down in that sense and not give the the advantage to the Heat on that side of things. Yeah, I mean, and the whole point of the Knicks doing their job through the regular season is to get this, excuse me, home court advantage in this series because now you don't feel blitzed playing in Miami for the first two games and the, maybe the Knicks still have their, their jitters because a lot of these guys have never made it to the second round. Guys like Randall even, like Mitchell Robinson being his first playoffs ever, RJ Barrett quickly getting quickly, uh, you know, no pun intended, uh, swept out of the gentleman swept out of the Atlanta Hawks series. So now the second round is a whole different beast and Jalen Brunson's the guy with the most experience. But now you get to play in that home court advantage with, you know, the Knicks fans who are, Trying to show how excited they are about the first round, including myself, going to be at that game. So that home court advantage is going to be very, very crucial. And hopefully the Knicks don't give it back to them by splitting the series. We want to see them go 2-0 and at home, you know, protect home court. Yes, sir. Yeah, we got to give them that energy. So as we start to wrap up this episode, we got to get our predictions out there, man. Game starts tomorrow. Seven-game series, New York Knicks, Miami Heat, Fais, what you got? Ah, this is so tough, man. This this is a tough matchup. I've seen a lot of Knicks fans talking about sweeping Miami, gentlemen sweeping Miami. I I just can't get myself to say something like that. I know there's a lot of excitement in the air, and 
Hey, listen, if they do it, I will gladly eat my words. I will be the most excited person on the block. But I know it's a cliche. I think I'm going to take the Nixon six. I think it's going to be a dogfight. I could see a world where the Knicks split the first, the the home court, the home games, and then split the games against Miami in Miami, and then go on to win two once they figure out Miami, hopefully. It could also even go to seven where they keep splitting the games and it goes to game seven and Knicks have the home court advantage. And I think no matter what, I think the Knicks are going to win this series. I just think it's a matter of whether it's going to be in six games or seven games. Yeah. This is a team that just beat the Milwaukee Bucks, right? <laughs> Come on, guys. Like, <laughs> like we, we have to be at least somewhat reasonable. I, I get the fanhood. And, hey, I'm, I'm with you right there. If the Knicks beat them in, you know, five games or less, that's – that's beautiful. I will eat my words. I'll issue an apology and all that. Um, and I'd love to see it. Nothing more than to see the Knicks sweep the heat. But on a reasonable standpoint, I'll, I'll have to agree. I mean, this is a second round playoff matchup. Matchups like these don't usually go to four or five games unless you have LeBron James on your team and you're going against the Raptors. Uh, but no, this is this is a different kind of beast. The Miami Heat. I, I got to I gotta say Knicks and six for that one. And that's not just being cliche. I'm not saying that to be like too optimistic i just think reasonably speaking i think the knicks have a very good chance of beating the heat in six games yeah i i wholeheartedly seen a lot of fans talking about josh hart's gonna do something to jimmy butler this that respect josh hart as a defender love him as a defender grimes josh Hart, rj but again we highlighted earlier in the episode the milwaukee bucks defense is not a joke they are a fantastic team there's a reason that the knicks fans did not want to see milwaukee that they would rather have seen the heat you know so that team had their hands full with the heat and jimmy butler i don't know why the knicks wouldn't as well love our team but yeah like you said gotta live in the realm of realism all these games are going to go down the wire. It's about who's got the grit, who's got the toughness. We know we know Brunson's got it. We know Butler's also got it. So we just got to rely on our team to be able to be clutch and not fall and falter under the pressure of the bright lights of the NBA playoffs. But, yeah, um, any final points before we wrap this episode up? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to see everybody in their Nickish gear at game one. Uh, if you guys haven't copped already, you know, make sure you guys take advantage of this promo while you can. Like Mo said, use that promo code. What the fire is. But uh, if you guys see me out there in, uh, at game one, make sure you guys come say what's up. You know, let's get let's get the building going and rocking. Yeah. All right. We again, we appreciate you guys checking out this episode of Nickish. Make sure you like Faisa, check out the website, nick-ish.com. Cop yourself some Nickish gear. Get that free pin while supplies last. There are not that many pins, I'll tell you that right now, uh, to go out with these orders. And uh, make sure you give us that five-star review on Spotify and Apple. Check out our website. If you have Nickish gear, review review the gear. Let us know what you think of it. Go on the website and give us an honest review of what you think of the quality and the uh you know, the sizing and all that, because we think it's pretty good, but we want to hear from you guys as well. And make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and NickishNYC. And yeah, until next time, take care. Peace. Peace.